Hello and welcome to another Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Caw and I'm delighted today to be joined by Graham Young. Graham, how are you? Very well, Daniel. How are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. And uh, Scott Lund. Scott, how are you? I'm good. How are you, gents? You okay? Very good. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be spending my lunchtime with you both uh, and talking uh, over last night's events in Budapest. Um, Celtic victorious on the road in Europe which uh, hasn't always been the case in recent times, but I'll maybe start with you, Scott. Um, Really, you know, a big win for Ange Postacoglu's team. It is. I mean, it's a a big one. It's an important one, especially in in terms of the group, because they needed to take the maximum points off Ferenc Varas home and away to give them any chance of progressing, because this next game against Bayer Leverkusen is going to be a difficult one away, isn't it? I mean, they've done well. They look, look, look... like they are going to win the group and they'll probably want to win it in that next game against Celtic so but no but Celtic are well, well positioned you know what I mean after these two games it looks a lot better than it did after the, the first two games I, I don't Graham I don't want to you know I don't, I don't want to kind of be a defeatist kind of glass half full as my mum's always telling me that I am but I think this by a Leverkusen game that's coming up for Celtic I think if they can get out of Germany with a respectable scoreline that's that that's all you've got to hope for, really. I mean, I think going there with any ambitions of winning or taking a point, even, is pretty fanciful. Potentially, but this is this is a nice, say a nice game. How can it be nice against one of the best teams in the Bundesliga? But this will be the acid test where Celtic were on a bad run going into the night. They lost four 0 to Leverkusen, um, but it was kind of hard sell to say we created loads of chances, but they really did. Now, this is what Celtic have been building towards. Every manager's got an idea or a, a, a way to play. But Postacoglu say give up chances on the premise that they'll create chances. Now, Leverkusen are very good, but they're not unbeatable. And I know they've made this group look very easy. But this just feels like a different Celtic team to the one that played. Now, obviously, they'll be massive underdogs. Um, even the way that Leverkusen were able to deal with Betis, who are obviously a, a very decent side as well. But I just feel sometimes it might depend on Starfield coming back, who I know is much maligned, but I think it's actually been really, really good for about two months. Um, but it just feels like something that could be a special night. And obviously, Celtic know the way they play, they've got to give up chances. But the way they've positioned themselves in these two Ferenc Faros games, because it's very easy to say beat Ferenc Faros twice, but Celtic have been out of the habit of beating teams they should beat in Europe for quite a while. So the two wins, both kind of different styles were impressive. But I think there's reason to be optimistic and again what's that now 11 games in a row Celtic scored first away in Europe now if they can make that 12 they'll probably be in the game so uh, I think that would be um, something they'll be aiming to do but I think it's going to be a crack in it and that's all you want for Celtic they've obviously got this safety net in the conference league um, but the fact that it's almost it's a free shot it's a bit, a bit much but it's a chance to go and really express themselves Crichton Stadium as well big team that's uh, set up perfectly Going going back, Scott, to actually to, to last night's game, obviously in, in Budapest against Fenerbahce, Celtic at times, as they have been throughout the season, were unplayable. They were brilliant to watch, particularly going forward. They sliced the opposition open, um, scored a couple of brilliant goals. I mean, but it's got to be said once again. I'm, I'm almost tired of saying it in this podcast. Kyogo just looks he looks a cut above. Anything, not not only anything Celtic's got, anything Scottish football's got, and to be honest, there must be teams looking at him. I mean, his first goal and the assist for Abada, just different class. 
I definitely. I mean, he, he's hit the ground running. I mean, sometimes it's difficult for you know, the Asian players to come across. I mean, Nakamura came, came across and did what did brilliantly, but others have struggled. But he's just took it his stride. From day one, he's been first class. He just got great vision, great quality in the ball. And for me, it looks like it could be possibly another. Oh, it's Edward again. Yeah, you know I mean, well, maybe Celtic get the best out of him for a couple of seasons, and then he moves on because he certainly looks like he's got the quality on the ball to step up to that next level. Physicality is always a, an issue with some of the Japanese players, but technically, nice. It's good, good, good as, it, as it is around just now, and certainly I think it'll only get better. And there's obviously been talk of uh, Celtic in the transfer window in January could be joined by some of his other fellow countrymen that could help him settle as well and kick him on again. So it all looks good on, on that front. I, I certainly don't see any issues, and I, I think you'll, you'll just go from strength to strength. And the other man going forward, Graham, I think I've asked you this about three or four times, so I apologise for repeating myself, but. Um, Jota, is uh, Celtic just need to pay that money? They just need to pay that fee. You know the rumored six and a half million. Get it done. Get a Celtic player signed, sealed, delivered. Because another brilliant goal last night, and it's just generally been brilliant since he came in. Yeah, there's a couple of factors with wingers that when you sign a winger, there's sometimes maybe a Portuguese player is very worried that they'll adapt. But just different about me seems a cracking guy. That first and foremost, I think it's really important embedded in the kind of the team ethos, but it's a skill. Like on that left side, that's what players in the modern last maybe fifteen years, twenty years, players played on the opposite side, and he's as good as anyone. Like even the game up at Pitodri, that one that cracked the bar. If that going, I'd just add to the one at Dundee United as well. Very similar chances, but he scores, he creates, he makes a difference. Um, their right back was up against it. That free kicky one just before at one 0 the weekend of drinking we've not made it. That's just that's top quality stuff. But he's just all round play alongside um, Kyogo. There's a real link there in terms of the way they kind of move and play with each other. And I thought Abada, Abada to me has got loads of potential at the age of 20, where I think he's really good right now and he's not got a lot of time. But the finish last night and the pullback for Kyogo, I think when he's got a bit of space, sometimes he gets his crosses wrong, he tries to float them too much. But for I think between the three of them, Jot is obviously an absolute standout. So you've got players now, Celtic, for the first time in a while. Um, this kind of movement and style of play it's a bit non it's not very Scottish football in terms of the Celtic they're very fluid and a lot of the best moves uh, come through Jota and his ability to kind of break the lines uh, he's a top player you can understand Celtic it's almost trending isn't it that they're trying to pay the money to run so I think Celtic fans will be desperate for that to be the case Obviously it was a really good night for Celtic a really good win and it almost or pretty, I think I think guarantees football in Europe after Christmas. Yeah, I wasn't saying that with the, the Conference League, um, which is a, which is fantastic, not only on the park but off the park as well. But you touched on it a wee bit, Graham. But, but it wasn't a perfect night for Celtic. I mean, at the back again, um, Scott a couple of defensive frailties. I mean, with Starfield out, I, I agree with Graham. I think Starfield's really come onto a game. He looks like the player that Celtic thought they were buying in recent weeks, and I, I hate almost having a go, you know, and, and, and kind of, what's the word, kind of giving stick to, you know, homegrown Scottish player. But to me, Stephen Welsh, especially in the early parts of the game, he just looked like struggled a wee bit and he just looks like a wee level below what Celtic need at the minute. I think that's fair. I think with Stephen, the difficult one is that you've got to remember that he's been at the, he's been at the side for 
a few weeks. That's true. That's true. He's cold. He's not been playing football. You know what I mean? He'd been playing at the start of the season, and then he came out with the uh, Cameron Carter Vickers coming in, and uh, Starfelt they, they, they were the preferred two. So he's been killing his himself on the sidelines. I think you can only really judge him once he's played a number of games. I mean, you probably you'll play the week. Well, he came off. He came off last night, and uh, I think he's a, obviously. It remains to be seen whether he'll be fit for the weekend or not, but I think he could do with the game at the weekend and then see, I don't, I don't think we'll start out two to three weeks, isn't it? You've got the international break, he might get a game after that. I think we should judge him once he's played more games. I think, as you say, it's easy to turn in and pick on him because he's the homegrown player. He's not coming for the big money. He's the easy option for the manager sometimes to leave out rather than the, the players he's paid money, played, paid, paid money for. So, I think it's a bit harsh on Stephen in fairness, but in fairness, the, the, team's been, the, the team has improved defensively. They're still leaking goals, but I think Stephen in a more settled backline would do well. And the one that the, the guy that uh, has become my new hero that I never thought I'd say a few years ago, Graham, Joe Hart. I never thought a couple of years ago that I'd be saying that, that Joe Hart, you know, Celtic star, I feel like every game that goes by now, it just becomes more convincing and more um, kind of just reassuring at the back for Celtic, you know? I think if you conducted a, what, a kind of snap poll the day Hart and McCarthy signed, if you'd ask Celtic fans who they were more confident in and kind of delivering, I think most would have said McCarthy. <laughs> I think it was just maybe unfair um, you think back as well, I touched on this before, but the fact that Joe Hart was with a theory that he couldn't dive to his left, now this is a ridiculously talented keeper. Uh, unbelievable, but I think it's the other part of his game. As good as the saves are, it's the leadership. This guy is immersed in Celtic already. He's already the, the captain's armband. You can tell he will shout out players. Everyone last night was raging with that second goal, uh, as he should be. But even before that as well, he, I think he's a base mix. Celtic needed a player like Hart because Postacoglu's style, this is a manager who hasn't managed in Europe, right? But he genuinely seems bought in. Cal McGregor seems bought in as well. So if you get the two of the most influential guys in the dressing room, the Hart probably at times think this is a bit hear him, scare him, but probably every Celtic fan does as well. Uh, but if he's bought in, understands what needs to be done. So he's got to make his saves. He's, there's hardly been a clanging outside the Altmar one. Um, I mean, which obviously if you're going to do that, so we do that one. It's, like, it's a time stop for him. But... Um, I think it's more than that. It's a way he kind of organises the team. Um, and he just, Carter Vickers as well, like, I know Chris Sutton's the one who's kind of been banging it and you can see why. Like, I think every Celtic fan, it'd be fair. He's not the tallest, but he's like a bull. He's so strong. Like he's And Welsh as well, I agree with Scott. I think Welsh is a really decent player. And I think his attitude's spot on. Maybe like a Steve McManus type where he's just fearless. Like he wants to play for Celtic. This is his dream. I think he's a great kind of third, fourth centre half. The Celtic, for a position that was a weakness, you're going from Starfield, who's improving, Carter Vickers, who's very good, uh, Welsh, who is a very good option, Scales might be a decent centre, I think he, the, the, I might be wrong, Scott, but his best positions, the left side of a back three, I think he played at Shamrock Rovers, but again, so he can play left back in central defence, and then Julian, if he returns to his best, that's pretty strong, but um, I, Hart's, Hart's the one that makes it all tick at the back, and I think, Last night, again, you, you were able to see his value. A couple of good saves, but more than anything else, the leadership qualities. I think, I think, Hart, this is a massive, this is a bold call, right? And I, I took stick off my mates for this, but I'm, I'm going to say it to you guys, because, you know, we're all friends here, um, but I feel like Hart could reach Fraser Forster levels for Celtic. I think I might have mentioned this to you, Graham, 
just because it was the, it was the Hibs game in particular when Celtic were one 0 up, he pulled off a great save, and then again at three one up, he pulled off a great save. And there was a save last night that I noticed that I just thought Barkas, um, without being harsh, would have probably let in. Like you say, he was furious with that second goal, Graham. He just heart standards are different, and after all, this guy is the guy that kept um, Fraser Forster out of the England team. This is the guy that kept Forster on the bench. And I've got a feeling that if Hart beds in, keeps going the way he's going, and Celtic get on this run, I think it could be the difference between, well, potentially between winning the league and not winning the league. I don't know what you think, Scott. When you say Fraser Forster levels, do you mean Fraser Forster that got himself out of the England squad? I mean, I suppose... You mean Fraser and the levels that... He became an icon with Celtic, you know, he, he was like the wall, you know what I mean? Oh, aye. I suppose, my, well, sorry, I probably should explain that a bit better. I'm thinking that, you know, the Fraser Forster Cup final, mm-hmm. you know, the, the game where where it was the Fraser Forster was like a wall, there was no beating him. I think if Hart can get his, I think Hart can get his form to that level where it almost becomes a mental block for teams playing against Celtic. They think Joe Hartson goes. But I know that's a bit bold and believe me, a few of my mates have already shot me down, so... Feel free to do so. Uh, in terms of us, uh, I think Joe, Joe Hart's obviously it's a top keeper. Look at his career. He obviously hasn't hadn't played a lot of football in recent years. So that was the issue, you know what I mean? But what I would say is that most goalkeepers, well, a goalkeeping coach like Stevie Woods behind them seems to improve and kick on. You've seen that with Fraser, you know what I mean? And you're probably, you've probably now seen that with Joe Hart as well. He's probably getting a fresh, you know what I mean? Empress, I just think, I mean, Stevie Woods is a good goalkeeping coach, well respected, and kicks the goalkeepers on. He did it with Craig Gordon and that as well. And look what he did for Craig Gordon. You can see some someone now with Joe Hart. You know I mean, but Joe Hart, just, I mean, the problem for Joe Hart wasn't his ability, it was games, mm-hmm. whether he could still play at the top level. I think he had to prove that to himself as much as anyone else. And I think, coming up to Celtic, he's done well, he's made big saves, produced in big games. I think he's got his confidence back as well, and that's taking him up, up a level. Can he get to Fraser Foster levels? That's a big shout. That's a big shout. It's a bold shout as well, I would say, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think he'll do well. I'm just not sure he'll get to Fraser Foster levels. But if he does, then I'll be wrong yet again. <laughs> another another guy that you t- you touched on, Graham, that I really want to kind of fit into this podcast is. Uh, is James McCarthy because I think um, in a lot of WhatsApp groups and kind of in social media last night, there was a, you know there's a lot of talk about him. Um, I don't even know how to phrase this, but he doesn't like you. You said earlier in the podcast when he was signed. I think a lot of Celtic uh, Celtic fans would have been really confident about him signing and really excited, but he's just not hit the heights that you know a lot would have imagined. He doesn't quite look like he's still got the fitness. Is it just a case of fitness, do you think? Do you think it's just a case of his age and, and all the injuries he's had? Ali, there was someone that mentioned a couple of months ago, and Ali, the, the kind of analogy, it was about players like McCarthy and Duffy, that they've played a certain level of team in the Premier League, but Celtic dominate the ball. So if you're the centre-half having to take it out constantly, Duffy never really suited. I know he had a terrible time, and I've written last year with Celtic, it was a kind of disaster class with everything that was going on. Um, but McCarthy's the same, especially the Lovinson game where you've got a plastic pitch, the 1-0 defeat. Um, that wasn't a good day for him, but he was asked to do a lot of things he probably doesn't do normally. Now, that's, I think, being kind and giving him a kind of an excuse, so to speak, but there's also the fact is he's the wrong side of 30. 
Um, he's played a lot of football down south. He's a lot of injuries, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for coming back. I think been pretty serious, and not in the last couple of years, but previously. Um, might he might not be the perfect fit for Celtic, but I think there's a player there who, by all accounts, is a, a great guy, super professional, and he'll do everything in his power to get to the level that he needs to. I thought you could see last night with Bitton, or Bitton, sorry, um, a position of a performance that he hasn't shown in a while, but that's because he's been playing a lot of minutes recently, a lot of games for Israel, more minutes for Scott. I think James McCarthy needs that. They might not come because between Rogic, Turnbull, Beaton and McGregor, there's a lot of players there who take minutes, but I think there's still a... I think it's very early to write him off, irrespective of the, the problem so far. I think the issue as well, sometimes his passing hasn't been as crisp as... I think that was the automatic assumption that he would be this pass master. Sometimes he's not been able to quite get in the game, but in limited appearances, it's, it's not easy, but I still think there's something worth persevering with there, personally. I, I agree with you there's definitely something to persevere with but, but Scott the, the thing that always comes up certainly when I look on social media with a lot of Celtic fans the millstone around McCarthy's neck is the fact that he got such a long term deal I mean I think it's a four year deal he's on I, th- or I think it's a three it's a three with a fourth option I think maybe um, which you know for a guy at the minute looks like he's struggling I mean that doesn't look a long deal it's a long deal but if you look at it when he's been in the Premier League he was at Palace, I mean, Everton, Wigan, whatever. He's been on big money, right? Is it the case, man, and I don't know this, but I'm just surmising if Celtic maybe had to give him the four-year deal to cover the wages over the period? I don't know. I mean, what I, what, what I would say about James McCarthy as well is that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that people, obviously, he lost his dad last year. That was a massive, massive problem, as it would be to, to anyone. Mm-hmm. That taking a bit lot of time to go over. He's moved back up the road sort of thing. So, I mean, he needs to get over that. There's also a virus going about, which has had an impact on him as well. And that, I mean, regardless, I mean, obviously, that, that's had an impact as well. It all takes time, these things. And I think once everything settles down, he gets back to playing regularly, training regularly, back to full fitness and getting game time. And I think we'll all start to see the James McCarthy that was doing well in the, the, the Premier League. I mean, we'll get back to the probably the player, young player he was at Hamonakis, you know what I mean? But I do genuinely think there's a there's still a player in there with James McCarthy. A lot of Celtic fans have maybe written him off already, but I, I just think given time, just whatever that's gone on behind the scenes that people are maybe not aware of, they're just looking at James McCarthy, the footballer, and saying, it's not really working for him just now. But I think given time and all going well he could be a good player four years I mean he plays in a position where I mean he doesn't necessarily need a lot to do a lot of running you know I mean he could mean he could sit in that the, the holding midfield role start passing it but as you say he's passing all obviously need to be better you know what I mean but that'll come with more game time in that as well but I think he's got that in his locker as well so and I presume with the way these contracts are that probably the last year or so a couple of years the wages will come right down anyway so is it that big a gamble and he's a good professional as you touched on to have around the squad if he's not playing regularly anyway No, I think it's a good shout I think there's a lot of factors that as you say fans probably won't even think about or won't take into account um, but Graham I'm going to throw two words at you here right this isn't necessarily on last night's game but just in general because it's last time since we did a Celtic pod um, and I hope I'm saying this right because I've been slaughtered in some of the comment sections from the pronunciation of this. But Georgios <laughs> Giacomacus. That's perfect. 
think that was all right? Okay. Yeah, that was, that was, that was <laughs> I thought I think he's actually he's looking like he's coming on as a player. I mean, you didn't see much last night in the in the game against um Ferenc Varos, but the whole penalty thing with Livingston, I think it's been overblown a bit. I thought in that game he looked pretty good. I think he looks lean, he looks sharp. He obviously we know he scored goals in Holland. I personally think over the last week to ten days, the guy has had a real raw deal. He's taken a lot of stick. Yeah. I really like him. I've got to go. I know you say he didn't do much last night, but I thought he did a brilliant job of winning free kicks. Like sometimes Scottish teams you can maybe say with an Ange team as well that they're so gung ho that he just brought a kind of cleverness that like he won maybe four or five free kicks in the last fifteen minutes. And that's a very that's a knock that Scottish fans have maybe in Europe and they see their teams that like maybe a lack of um just a kind of it's not quite dark arts, is it, but just a bit of kind of cuteness in these situations where and I think he's been he's been a wee bit unfairly treated the penalty. I think the biggest issue is Juranovic looks like one of these guaranteed penalty takers, right? But it just he just he's got a great technique, you don't know what way he's going. But Jack and has made such a pig's ear of his it was just he looked it down, it was just the wrong it was just the wrong but out with that. Coming off the bench at Motherwell, he made a difference. Hold up play was good. Uh, Ferns Farros in the home game was excellent. Um, and then he got his goal against St John's. He probably didn't play that well in that game. But there's just enough that I think when you've got other strikers at the club, so like someone like a, a Yeti or doesn't offer much different. He's like a kind of watered down version of Keogh. Like, you know, in penalty box, and, but he doesn't do any of the running or any of the chasing. But Jack and Marcus is genuinely a different option. Probably the best physical striker they've had since Dembele. Uh, someone that's actually genuinely able to win the ball, take it in, play others, and it does change the way they play. Um, I think, now I don't think, I think Dutch, you would say, oh, you can score goals in Holland, you can score in Scotland, it doesn't work out like that. Um, but I think he can definitely hit the 10 to 15 mark, and I think that's the type of player he is. I think last year he had 10 penalties, maybe to get some of his goals as well. He, he's, he's very good at kind of bicycle kicks and turning in the box and for a big striker uh, but I think there's quite a lot to like about him I think he seems like a, a big personality as well uh, I know the write-up as you said after the Livingston game everyone was a wee bit down on him uh, but I can see what he brings to the team I think there's something I mean, I think he's a great player off the bench I think as well Scott he's the complete almost the complete opposite to Kyogo which Celtic needs you know they need something different Oh well, you're right because the, the three Celtic the, the, the attackers Jota you know what I mean Abada a Kyogo, they're all very lightweight. They're very, technically very good, fast, move the ball well. But as you say, Giamakis gives you that physical option where you can go. Well, I know that Ange doesn't really like to go direct, but it gives them the option to go direct. And it also gives defenders, defences, you know what I mean, something else to think about rather than, you know, just thinking of the movement. Or, you know what I mean? You can go and bully, bully players. I mean, I mean, he does look really bullish. I mean, and he's a striker. They play with confidence. He scored goals. I'm sure he'll get even better. But I, as you say, the issue was the penalty. It was just such a a big penalty in terms of that. If they'd won the game, and you know what I mean, I think that's what's gone against them. But I mean, we've seen that with Henrik Larson and his slip up in the Hibs game, isn't he? And mm-hmm. he turned up all right. So I'm not saying he's going to be the next Henrik Larson, by the way, but you know he certainly can kick on you. I mean, I think he he will score goals. And I think he'll do well, especially in the in 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 the, in the domestic sense. Next up for Celtic, obviously, at the weekend is Dundee away from home. Now, you'd obviously, on paper, back Celtic to take care of business and beat Dundee. But Dundee, they're a weird team at the minute. They gave Rangers a really hard game at Dens Park. Obviously, uh, I think it was one out with Rangers, but Dundee missed the penalty. Um, they recently beat Aberdeen at Dens Park. 
I, I've got a feeling this is actually going to be a trickier encounter than, than a lot of Celtic fans think. But there's no, it's non-negotiable that it's a must-win game. I think this game is absolutely humongous. Um, obviously, the Aberdeen game was this sold as this must-win. But where Celtic are, I'm not saying the I know they've had so many issues to get to this point. The team they can quite clearly see it's it's working. It's been a really good run of results. But the draw against Livingston last week means that if Celtic were six points behind Rangers heading into the national week, I don't think that's a fair reflection. I know Celtic have come a long way, but Celtic need four points minimum. I think that's a nice kind of position to be with what's left when you come out in the national play. But Dundee won't be easy. They're not. They are, yeah, I think you summed it up. They are a kind of Jekyll Hyde's maybe not fair, but the Ross County, Ross County were on fire. Like if you watch the highlights, I think that's one of these crazy, crazy games where uh, but Dundee do a good job. I thought you noticed that the playoffs against Commander last season, they're almost a bit underrated. They've got a lot of these kind of well known faces, but they do little things well, they keep themselves in games. Um and I think on Sunday, off the back of what was obviously a taxing night for Celtic, these are the type of games you do drop points in, that's it. It's just the way it is. But I think Celtic can't afford to do it. And that's where Jackie Marcus comes in. How do you do it? Do you have the, I know everyone knows that Celtic is a free phone best. It's Kyogo, whatever winger on the right, probably a badder and then Jota. That's the way to go. But Jackie Marcus does offer something as well. Do you start him or is he again an impact sub? There's a lot of questions coming into this game. The midfield beat on as well going off. That could be big as well because then that brings McCarthy potentially back in as a starter. Uh, Turnbull McGregor almost automatics. Um, but oh, it's, it's absolutely fascinating this game it just feels like a real Celtic fans can quite they always talk about you buy in Celtic fans are bought into this team because they can see it happening they can see Celtic you want a manager with a vision they've definitely got that but dropping points here it was just that narrative Celtic where it's they're already at the lower end of the points total they've had in the last 25 years it was and I know I'm just trying to make the point that there has been mitigating circumstances a brand new team but this really feels like the biggest game so far for Celtic domestically because if they win this they're in the perfect position again regroup after international break more time together players like Jota uh, certain others you know, more time to get kind of rest when others are maybe an international duty it seems a massive game massive Graham makes a really good point Scott about the almost like the sliding doors moment of this season because you go back last week when Rangers get the last minute penalty against Aberdeen that um, I think it's fair to say was at best soft um, and then, you know, Celtic then go and miss the last minute penalty against Livingston. All of a sudden, as, as Graham's kind of hinted to it, it puts a completely different perspective on things. If Celtic were to drop points against Dundee, it's, you know, and, and as Graham says, go six, seven points behind, that really, I, I don't think, would be fair on Celtic's performances and how much they've, they've come on underneath um, Postacoglu. No, you're right. They've come on leaps and bounds, especially since the start of the season. They've always played good football going forward. The back door's always been an issue and remains an issue, but there's a steady improvement with the personnel coming in there. I mean, they've got themselves back up there and then they'll, they'll, they'll let the points slip against Livingston sort of thing. Your problem is, is that they need to keep winning games to keep the pressure on Rangers. Because Rangers, apart from are not playing well. They're top of the table, but they're not playing well. People, they, they played well for pretty much a half a model. People say it's a complete performance. But for 42 minutes, they were 1-0 down, and they weren't were that great. So Rangers are not firing on, on, on all cylinders. Rangers are they are still struggling. They could still drop points. So at this moment in time, it's important that Celtic pick up as many point wins as they can to keep that pressure on, close the gap, and then 
if the gap gets, if they can get the gap really close or bring them level, then then that puts a different pressure on Rangers when they've not got a cushion sort of thing and they're not firing on on on, on all cylinders. It's going to be interesting, but you would expect Celtic to beat Dundee on Sunday. I mean, they hit them for six early in the season. It was a great performance. I mean, it's Celtic Park. The one thing I was having. The, the, the Dundee players will, will have been hurting from that one and I'm sure they'll, they'll come out on Sunday trying to prove a point but I still think that Celtic would have too much for them on the day and I would expect them to get the win and then on just another two weeks from the international break to, to work on things and go again yeah, Definitely Just before I go guys um, Graham, we uh, we have to shine a, a light in, in Scott's eye because I've been, I've been given a personal mission here that with the transfer window just around the corner just about Scott is known in the record towers as, as a bit of a transfer guru. So, in a Celtic sense, Scott, is there any you can any hints you can give us? Anything that you can give Celtic fans as a, an early Christmas present to cling on to? I mean, I know we've heard a lot about the Japanese boys, but is there anything that you can tell us? That's the nicest thing I've ever been called in the record towers. <laughs> I say all have a contain print. <laughs> 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 no, I think yeah. I mean, there's definitely going to be. I mean, obviously, Angie's done did a lot of his, his transfer activity in the last window. He's still looking for you know a left-sided player to come in. That's looking more increasingly like it'll be the real Atati. Is it? Is that right? Is that right? Or, yeah, that's he, he's obviously out of contract the end of January. Sources are saying that you know. I mean, it's. Celtic got a deal done. Obviously, they've needed to try and pay a nominal fee to get him out before the, the window, but it looks like he will be through the door for that left-sided position. He can play left-back or left-midfield. I see there was a video, was a video that was earlier in the week that he was quite emotional. He was crying. That pretty much shows that he, he was on his, on his way sort of thing. I mean, that's a position Celtic need to fill with. Like Greg Taylor being out injured sort of thing. You know what I mean? By all accounts, he's a, a very steady player. He can play, like I said, left-back or left-midfield. And then, of course, they've been they've been linked with the the striker as well, the uh, Dezan Maeda at uh, Marinos, which obviously is another player that Andre will know well. Uh, I, I think if he comes in, or another, if he comes in, which is likely, or, or another striker, I do think that January will be a time for Albion Ajeti will go out the at the door. He hasn't really featured as much of late. I mean, he was playing, he scored a few goals, but he doesn't look to be on just cup of tea. He doesn't have, I mean, he's a goal scorer, put the ball in the box, but he doesn't seem to have that movement that Ange likes to play with, and that, that front line to try and pierce the lines and different things. He's one of the, the bigger earners. I would suspect that if Celtic could do a deal there, they'd be looking to get him out to try and obviously free up the space for, for new signings that Ange wants. And I'm sure that there'll be two, two or three others, I would presume, come in as well. You know I mean, it's not just a. I know, I know he's looking at strongly the the English market as well. But bear in mind that he's now the the scouting networks and that is he's now looking at them. He's coming in blind, not not blind, but obviously he's just like listening to scouts. Haven't he can now get eyes on his own targets and domestically and look at things. He knows obviously the Japanese market well. It's worked out well with the uh, Kyogo. Uh, and then that looks like a go-to for the, the, the left-back and possibly the striker And but I said I think you'll also see some British still players targeted as well because he knows he'll need a, a mix and it's where 
They've also got they've got the, the option in Jota, haven't they? And they've got the option on Cameron and Carter Vickers as well, haven't they? It's whether Celtic have got the finances to pull the trigger on these now, or they wait to the end of the season. When obviously in the next transfer window to do it, you know what I mean? But it all depends on budgets just now, wouldn't it? I guess we'll see in January, Graham. I suppose how, how it all goes. But I think uh, from what Scott said there, that seems fair enough. A left back, maybe a, a, another option in midfield and another option up front. Yeah, I think I think that's it. And I, I think the striker Maida, I think he looks a real player in the sense he had a good quote. He's like, oh, I'm not a talented player, basically. He was saying and you can see he's got that same kind of way as a talented player. He's kind of uh, putting himself down. He's very, very good. Look that he's highlights, but he looks, if, if you, can watching him, you can see exactly why you'd fit Celtic, and that's what signings are all about. Like when you're looking for a player or see someone Glenn Kamara joint Rangers, he is like the blueprint of what Stephen Gerrard wanted in midfield, the perfect option. And he just happened to get him for Dundee on a, a bargain. Um, but someone like Maeda looks, he can play wide and he can play through the middle. So again, him and Kyogo draw. It's obviously the options are limitless what they can do but what he does as well is he's got that real work ethic and the speed's unbelievable that's the thing as well with Celtic um, the pace obviously I think at times last season more than ever you noticed it as well there was a lot of kind of Edwards obviously it wasn't slow but everything was in front of the ball where this now looks like Celtic a lot of times teams will be sitting in on them but Maida looks at a player instantly would do well in Europe the way Kyogo is finds space in these games but he's also very direct gets shots off and that in domestic games is very important for Celtic he just there's no guarantees with signings who knows we could be sitting here in six months and going oh Kyogo's the one Japanese player that worked well but I'd be shocked if he didn't have an impact as well he seems 22-23 a good age top scorer in Japan um, which he'd probably done pipped to by Kyogo if he stayed but um, it looks a real talent he can, that's why um, and for all his ability is worth his weight in gold because if you're able to get three or four of these players top from a market that you'd be kind of it's very difficult unless you know it and he seems to have a right eye for talent so um, I think Celtic should just kind of ride this wave as much as they can just keep going for and for the side then they might be getting a wee commission as well he's doing well at it so uh, but there you go so that's um, it looks like a very promising sign if it comes off Aye, it's a good show. Um, listen, guys, I've taken up far too much of your time as it is. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you both. Scott Burns, it's been, as I say, it's been a pleasure. Likewise. And, and Graham, Graham, it's always lovely spending my lunchtime with you. Oh, and, and enjoyed it as well. To everyone listening, we'll be back next week. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks very much. Take care. Thank you.